Well, the weather outside is frightful, but the football is so delightful. Since there's no place to go, listen to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me for the final episode of 2016 are Eric Devin, Philip Baggio, and Adam White. What a great first half of the season we have had, full of thrills and spills, upsets and departures, but most importantly, goals galore. For those, but who deserves to celebrate come New Year's Eve, come New Year's Eve, foreigners and have a drink on who will be drowning their sorrows and creating New Year, New Me mantras? We discussed this action and our half-term awards after the news. Ligue final match day of 2016 was a bit of a mixed bag, as despite some thrilling encounters, it was in an evening generally lacking in goals. Saint-Étienne hosted Nancy, and despite the visitors finishing with 10 men, Lever were unable to bring the, find, the, sorry, find the net in the scoreless draw, while the same result saw Nice drop points away to Bordeaux, despite a sending off of Mario Balotelli. Les Anglons were the only one of the top four not to record three points, though, as Monaco held off Caen 2-1, despite the visitors finishing with 10 men. Paris Saint-Germain thrashed hapless Lorient 5-0, with Thomas Mounier netting the first league goal, while Alexandre Lacazette scored and set up Nabo Fakir in Lyon's 2-0 win over Angers. Lecio in dangerous form with just one point from their last six encounters. At the Furiani, Bastia threw, uh, Bastia thought Alexander Jiku's goal on uh, equaliser on 83 minutes was enough to secure a point against Inform Marseille. But Clinton and G scored minutes after coming on his injury time goal, the difference in a 2 1 win that sees Loem win their fourth straight, moving level on points with Gangomp. The Breton club were to be outdone for late drama themselves, however, as their trip to Metz also saw a late substitutes goal be decisive, with Gaultier Ains netting Le Grenat a 2-2 draw after Jimmy Brion's brace. Lille also left it late for a point, with Edir scoring a minute from time in a one-all draw with Ren, while Dijon won for the first time in two months, beating Toulouse 2-0. Finally, Nantes continued their strong start to the Sergio Conceição era, recording their third consecutive win to move out of the relegation places. In off-pitch news, Paris Saint-Germain captain Thiago Silva has renewed his contract through 2020, while France and Tottenham keeper Hugo Lloris has resigned through 2022. And that's all for the news. But remember, for all the latest, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with a quick look back at those Wednesday's fixtures and starting with Paris Saint-Germain's 5-0 win against Lorient. Adam, how much did the champions really need a result in this one? A huge, huge result for them. They really did need something. I feel like... It was more though it was Emery that needed the result less than than PSG. Okay, if they'd lost his game, they would have been 
quite a few points back from Nice, even though at least Nice dropped points uh, on the same night. I feel like, though, if Emery had not won this game, even if he'd won it but closely, perhaps, he would have been in real trouble going into the new year. Given the break, it may have been a decent time to change manager if they really wanted to pull the trigger this early. So the fact that the, the win was so emphatic and the fact that they... They, you know, they looked like the PSG of last season, perhaps, although it was against very weak opposition and bottom of the table, Lorient by no means should be troubling PSG at the Parc de Prince. Um, It was still a, a very, very, very welcome result for, for Emery. And I feel like this is, they would hope anyway, that given their poor performances at Nice, well, as Nice came to, to the Parc de Prince at Gangon and Montpellier were terrible results, really Luda Garrett as well, that this perhaps is like that was a blip and they can, they can focus on building on this into the new year. But a huge result for Emery and he's bought himself at least he's bought himself some breathing space so a massive result for the champions yeah and that's the major point taking from that that they they at least go into that winter break with a little bit of hope in their eyes but uh, Eric I know you wanted to mention the new deal for Thiago Silva as well uh, with him going through contract to 2020 that will see him well into his mid-30s now at Paris Saint-Germain that's a good deal for the club isn't it well I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure what their motivation here is is this uh is this something to keep interest from China down or to earn a premium from him? We've just seen with the massive fee being paid for Oscar from Chelsea that uh, there are there is still a endless supply of money coming from the Chinese Super League, and that's kind of what I think this is in mind uh, of doing. I think that Silva has actually, I mean, Philip is a fan and Adam is an, as an analyst. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I I feel like Silva's form has dropped a little bit this year. I think uh, particularly in that game against Nice, he's his positioning and communication isn't isn't what it could be, and uh, I think it seems strange to give this player an extended contract when he he seems to be dropping off a little bit. He is thirty two, mm. and he will be thirty six when his uh, when his contract finishes. So it does it does seem like a end your end your end your career type of contract, and then go to uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, the U.S. or China, and uh, last last big uh, lag, last big uh, big fat contract to spend your years between thirty six and forty. Mm. This is this is what it sounds like, unfortunately. Mm. And I, I'm I'm not you know I'm not offended. I agree completely that uh, he hasn't had uh, the best of um, of seasons, and uh, you know he, yeah he is thirty two, so it, it it's bound to happen. These things are just bound to happen. But I mean, what what was uh, the alternative? Did Silva even have an alternative, and uh, did Peugeot have? A, did Peugeot were really going to uh, to play with that type of um, with that type of plan, saying, "Well, no, you're too old. We're going to give uh, you this chance," mm-hmm. which they probably will in a couple of seasons, but uh, just not right now. No. Well, it, it, I mean, yeah. for me, I think what could be a positive from this is that the outsized influence that Silva has influ- has exerted on the dressing room. It could be ameliorated to some extent. I think that we really should look at Marquinhos and Kempembe as being a center-back partnership of the future. Mm. Both these guys are 22 and 21, I believe. Uh, you, you, that could be your center-back partnership for the next 10 years, and you don't have to worry about transfer fees or a- anything like that. It, it's the simplicity that would allow PSG to have, you know, if they were to uh, let Silva go at this point in time, where they could still get a fee for him, wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world. I know it seems ludicrous to say, you know, he's still one of the best defenders in the world, but at the same time, uh, if the alternative is being forced into this this this, this long term contract, when he'll surely be past his best, <clears throat> I think that's uh, you're playing with you're playing with fire there because even if his performances decline, I think that we've seen uh, the way that Nasser Al Khalifi has set out to let this club be is that he still he and his hierarchy are not willing to rein in player power. 
and that starts and ends with Thiago Silva. So are PSG really willing to risk uh, having a player with declining skills still exert this uh, undue influence on the locker room? That's, I think that's the real question, the real worry for me. Mm. And like I say, it does feel almost like a, a legacy deal at this point for him to carry on, really. And, and another important game in those midweek fixtures was Nice's 0-0 draw at Bordeaux. It was a, an encounter where really either side could have won, but it was a real flashpoint again of, of Mario Balotelli, unsurprisingly not skipping the headlines, Philip. And again, him getting that red card that maybe takes away some of the optimism from that early solid start that we've seen from him. Yeah, I um, I think I think it's been a while since we've seen uh, the um, the Balotelli. Actually, I think it's been since the beginning of the season that we've seen the uh, the uh, world class Mario Balotelli. I don't think he's been uh, uh, world class in his last outings. He's been injured quite a lot, and he showed all his uh, all his petulance um, in the dying minutes of last night's game at Bordeaux. Um, a very uh, well, not exactly a dirty game, but it didn't. It just didn't end well, and uh, you would expect. Um, um, some of um, some of the less experienced guys to get sent off, but you know it, it is it is that Mario Balotelli we we are talking about. Um, did anyone uh, pick up on some rumours going back to Premiership or something? I'm I'm not sure if it's rubbish or not. I didn't really check check the source. I I just uh, I just hope not because uh, it started uh, it started well, and I just um, I just hope that uh, this red card is not going to put a damper on this season um, in the long in the long run. Mm. Again, that's not something I've seen from from major outlets, so that might. No, it's be probably just... rubbish, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's at least hope it's rubbish. Um, another re- well, a solid result at least after their loss to Leon at the weekend. Monaco bouncing back with a two-one win. Eric, how important was it for them to see out the latter end of the year on a positive note and remain close to Nice heading into the second half of the season? I, I think it was massively important. I think that. You know, we can probably all agree that unless PSG really start to shape up, Monaco, uh, given their consistency and their depth, probably are uh, the most le- the most legitimate challenger, uh, if you will. Uh, they've got, you know, the fixtures don't abate though. I mean, they're they're going to be right back into the thick of things uh, with the Coupe de France and the Coupe de la Ligue uh, in just two weeks' time. So, I think having a win to have that confidence and be able to continue uh, their development is and to give give more time to those younger players in the cup competitions is going to be really important. I think that, uh, I mean, again, Con are pretty poor, but, uh, you know, anything, even approaching a slip up there, I think the team uh, would have had a long time to stew in that regard, and that could have been potentially really damaging. And, and Adam, really to close this talk, a couple of important wins for Leon and Marseille who are starting to rise again. And after the troubles at the start of the season, Leon now not enormously far off PSG with a five-point gap in fourth and, and Marseille really starting to establish themselves in that European spots. Yeah, two two really big results and a really good way to end the, the 2016 for, for both teams. I feel like Leon's win at, Mon- at Monaco was huge for them and to back it up yeah, last night against... Uh, um, well, I've forgotten who they beat now, but they, I, yeah, of course, of course, Angers, yeah, um, was a was a massive result. And with that game in hand, that you know, which would probably be awarded to them with the Mets situation, they're really not too far behind. And I honestly think with PSG's form and and the way that um, you know Nice aren't proven at this sort of this sort of end of the season, the, 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 those four are really in a really quite close title race. At least we hope going into the into the new year. So it's really great that Leon are sort of joining the party and huge for Marseille. It's great to see them in the top half of the table and you know perhaps threatening a European place it'd be you know it's a, it's a club that belongs in the top six so that, you know, it's great to see them up there again 
I wish um, I wish the league would hurry up and uh, make a decision on this Lyon Mets um, mm. um, deal, so we can we we can actually have the confirmations that Lyon will be uh, three points behind PSG, breathing down their neck in the second half of the season, which mm. is a much uh, much more interesting prospect than saying, well, if they are given this awarded game, I mean, it's been three weeks. I think it's it's time enough to 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 take a decision to make it yeah take a decision. Yeah, I would agree, hundred percent. I think. Just for the, the sort of almost the integrity of the league, it's sort of something that needs to be cleared up. So, yeah. um, and it's yeah. not a decision that should take this long to make. I don't think either. No. So, yeah, hopefully they'll do that soon. Yeah, and just very quickly to mention those teams at the bottom as well. I mean, Lorient took a heavy loss at Paris Saint Germain, and they need points now heading into that second half of the season. That gets a little worrying. Con with a maybe a slightly unfortunate defeat against Monaco. They weren't too bad, but that leaves them in the mire. Metz poked up a very important win at, uh, well, draw very late on at Gangon that keeps them just in touch with those four t- th- three other teams before him, the rising not. Dijon again picked up the first win in two months and Andre, like we mentioned in the news, well, I mean, we'll mention on Monday as well, <laughs> one point out of the last six and se- well, seven from their last 11 now. It's uh, it's worrying times for them, but we, we do want to briefly mention some of the transfer news that's been going on, and that's been Julian Draxler being linked with a move to Paris Saint-Germain um, and Pese possibly going on loan out the door to Las Palmas to facilitate, it would seem, that deal. Philip, what do you think to that move? Well, first, uh, first, Jesse, him going on loan is probably confirmation that he's uh, not uh, things are not going quite well for him uh, at uh, at PSG, uh, playing uh, playing Coupe de Ligue games, playing cameo appearances, not not having the starts, not that Bernal had much many um, more starts, but uh, I don't think a lot of people are surprised that he what he he's going on loan if if this is confirmed. Not sure if it it's confirmed, but um, so yeah, not uh, not a uh, not a particularly uh, six months to particularly remember for the ex was uh, Real Madrid man. Um, and uh, for Draxler, yeah, so Draxler is um, is some kind of a number ten kind of player. He played there on um, Tuesday for Wolfsburg when they won at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Had a hand in, in the goal. Actually, he was uh, he was quite instrumental with uh, Wolfsburg's um, second. I do hope though that uh, he he doesn't mind playing on playing on the wing um, because I, I just uh, I just <laughs> can can I can just see uh, Unai. Uh, making the mistake of playing in in the number ten one four two three one and him being stifled by Liga defenses and probably getting frustrated. I mean, PSG need wingers uh, and they need actually uh, performing wingers. Uh, Lucas has been uh, has been good. Di Maria has not been good. Uh, Unai has to make a stand. He has to has to make a um, a decision in, um, as soon as. Um, you know, uh, in maybe not in the Coupe de France, uh, but as soon as the league resumes, you know, just um, not not being judged by your by your name, but by your by your performances. So we do. I think I hope I hope that Draxler is, Draxler is okay on okay from the from the wing. I think I think he I think he is with this uh, technical ability. He's going to have some kind of um, uh, what's it uh, what's it called. Uh, adaptation period to get used to to get used to Liga, but uh, yeah, on in all, I think it's a it's a decent move. It's not bad. He can play. I think he can play in the, in the Champions League, can't he? Uh, yes, I think th- Wolfsburg mm. aren't in any European. We need to check that this, yeah. this year, so that should be fine. But Eric, Eric, what do you think? I mean, Draxler's always been a very promising player and had a great turn at Schalke, but it's not quite panned out for him how he might have hoped. 
at Wolfsburg and he's been sort of demanding a transfer more than anything and he's been left out of the squad recently. Is this a good move for Paris Saint-Germain if they do get him through the door? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I think the way you introduced the question, Nathan, pretty much hits the nail on the head for me. He's someone who displayed massive potential while at Schalke, um, but, you know, I think the weight of expectations has sort of borne down on him and he hasn't really lived up to it at Wolfsburg. I mean, Wolfsburg, you know, last season, you know, some were even tipping them as a legitimate title contender. Uh, and, you know, things did not go well, to say the least. I mean, they did, you know, get to the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League, but that really wasn't down to much of the influence of Draxler. Uh, it was down to, you know, the good form of, of Bastos and some others. And it's, it's a little bit frustrating uh, to see that PSG would splash that kind of money on this player. And, and, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne also was instrumental in that season as well. But in the time since, again, Wolfsburg hadn't been, uh, you know, playing on the level that they – they had the ex- expectations have been laid out for them, and I think that uh, Draxler is probably the, the key culprit there. Uh, I think that he was brought in for you know a, a, a fairly large fee, and yeah, he hasn't he hasn't made that step up. And I kind of question whether you know a player who wants to uh, who, who wanted out of his situation at, at Schalke, and obviously is wanted out of his situation at Wolfsburg, has the mental capacity and, and the strength of character to deal with. Uh, the spotlight in PSG, um, especially with the team struggling. If he if he doesn't get off on the right foot, uh, he's going to be, you know, labeled as a bust, and it would be a frustrating situation for him. He is costing thirty six million. Mm. It's um, not cheap. No, it's not cheap. Uh, it's not. It's not the you know the biggest uh, transfer record, but uh, he is going to be to be judged very very seriously, and a lot of people will say so. Let's uh, let's see how he delivers, and. Um, you know, let's uh, let's consider this as a following scenario. He plays against a uh, a side that played ten men behind the ball, like quite a few in Liga, um, and uh, not uh, and struggle. Um, fingers will be will be pointed, so he has to be mentally quite quite strong. But you know, I think I think the same happened at Wolfsburg. I mean, he was brought in to replace Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and that, that was a massive uh, challenge because De Bruyne was absolutely sensational for Wolfsburg that season where they finished second. And I think they had the most points uh, as, uh, runners ever had in the Bundesliga, something stupid like that. So, uh, yeah, he's a bit used of pressure, uh, to pressure with that, with that scenario, but it doesn't sound like he delivered at Wolfsburg, unfortunately. Let's see how it goes. And and very quickly on Drexler, Adam, is there probably is is this maybe a sign of desperation of what PSG need? I mean, we're not denying that Drexler's a good player, but there's not really anyone else of that kind of calibre available in the January window, is there? No, I don't, I think that's absolutely absolutely right. I think if this season had gone as as it did last season, then we wouldn't be hearing rumours of you know or you know very likely the signings of Draxler and Pots Rodriguez as well. Like, I think it's a reaction to the fact that their season's been so poor so far, and that the players that Emery the, the system that Emery wants to play doesn't suit the squad. I, I don't think at the moment, and Draxler's a, a solution to that to some extent because Pastore's been injured all season. He's he's that natural number ten, and his his fitness is is absurd. How how bad it is at the moment moment the injuries he keeps getting and um he's also thought about playing either rumors that he talked about playing Marco Verratti in that number 10 role which I think is also fairly ridiculous I don't know how that I know that he's, he's capable he's got the skill set skill set to play there but I don't think that that's a something that's a long-term solution to anything at PSG so I think there's a big hole in that side where uh, Emery wants to play a number 10 in a 4-2-3-1 and doesn't have one and I think Drax is a solution to that but um it, it'll be it's definitely interesting it's exciting if nothing else and uh, he's a very talented uh, young player still so 
uh, hopefully it'll, it'll it'll work out and it'll be another you know another star in in league and that we can we can watch every week in it week in week out so it's, it's it's exciting at least yeah the hope is he can rediscover that form that in the final i think it was the final year of Schalke where he was absolutely excellent and uh, mm. hopefully that can be rediscovered with a team that he's actually happy with for a change but yeah we'll move on now to what you've probably all come here for with the games out of the way now it's time for our half term 11 so i'll ask each of our pundits in turn their player in each of the positions we've selected in the 11 before declaring for each a consensus on the gffn's official heart team of the half term so if there's any ties or quibbles i'm appointing myself self head judge so i'll be the one to decide any mild tiebreakers but our teams will consist of one goalkeeper two center backs two full backs so that cannon be allowed to have two left backs or right backs if they feel necessary two central defensive or defensive midfielders two wingers or attacking midfielders we'll book those together uh, two strikers and finally a manager. So we've also had polls on Twitter today for different positions and different awards for later. But also feel free if you're listening to this now to get involved with the hashtag hashtag GFFN half or HT awards and give us your 11 who you would choose there and we'll have a look and retweet some of them later on. But I'll start with you, Eric, and we'll start with that goalkeeper position. Who do you have manning the sticks for you? Uh, I have Stefan Ruffier. I think that his he's kept Sensitian in a lot of matches this year. Uh, their attack has been really woeful. Uh, Kevin Monipeke and Usama Tanan are, have both not been at the races this season. Uh, and I think the defense, likewise, Perrin's been an excellent self, but I think Pogba has uh, stepped off a little bit. And I think that uh, a normally resolute Sensitian wouldn't seem as, as much without Ruffier's skill set. Philip, who's your goalkeeper? Ruffier, without any question at all, uh, echoing everything Eric just said, uh, Sanseti have not been a good team to watch. They haven't been that particularly good uh, defending, and Ruffier has been absolutely immense. Adam, who do you have? Yeah, Ruffier for me as well. He's been absolutely brilliant. He saved Sanseti so many times. Um, so many t- games where they snatched late goals and late equalisers, they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to do to do those if they didn't, you know, to take those points if Rufia wasn't there keeping them in the game to start with. So, yeah, hundred percent Rufia for me. No, no debate on this one. No Lopez, no Subasic for anyone. No. Oh, they're both they both had great seasons. I think that in terms of importance to their team, Rufia has been far and away, perhaps even the most valuable player in the league. You can make a cons- an argue mm-hmm. argument for. Yeah, I had um, Alban Lafont as my second choice. I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. But because um, he's so young, 17, coming to the side and has looked increasingly assured and, and is a very, very talented young goalkeeper. But uh, I didn't think I could put him ahead of Rufia. But he, he's, you know, he's in the top three for me at the moment. So good, yeah. very good goalkeeper. I didn't even think of a second choice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're all lucky that I also had Rufia in my team. So he's definitely the consensus pick for, that, for our team of the year. So we've got Rufier solidified in there. So let's go with two centre-back choices. I'll start with you, Philip. Who are your two centre-backs? I'm going with uh, Gleek and Dante. Gleek, uh, who has uh, started a new partnership with Jemison. He's been uh, not only quite good at the back, but also providing um, big um, attacking presence in um, Monaco's offensive set pieces. And I reckon Dante has actually um, delivered, has helped Malangsar develop into his um, new role, actually his first role as a professional footballer as he was being given a contract a couple of months back. And uh, that, yeah, he has marshaled the, uh, the defence quite well. And I think he, uh, he deserves the reputation he has. 
Uh, Adam, who do you have as your two centre backs? Um, I've, I've got Glick as well. I, I agree with with Glick 100. percent He's done. He's you know he's got experience. He's international experience was good for Torino and Serie A's coming in and really sure that Monaco's back four and helped Jemison through the first half of the season. My second one is uh, Christoph Julian. I, I I'm a big fan of of the younger generation at Toulouse and that, that come through under the Praz. And although they signed him over the summer, him and Issa Diop have been fantastic at the heart of that defence for, for to an extent up until there was a there was a point sort of about two months ago perhaps where they started to get a lot of injuries and that you know their form has dropped off but for the first two or three months of the season both those two players were absolutely fantastic and um it was almost one or the other for me and I think Julian's perhaps a little bit more assured on the ball looks a little bit more accomplished uh, contributes to your goal as well and I think he's a real really real exciting player and someone that could really go on to have a fantastic career in not just in league but in European football so Glick and uh, Christoph Julian for me Eric I think Glick is a, is a given I think the way his leadership has helped Monaco take a step up is Massively impressive. And I'm actually between Adam and Philip on this. Um, I think Dante has uh, had some iffy matches, but he's also really stepped up in some of the bigger games, particularly against PSG the other week. Um, but uh, yeah, Julian has been massively impressive. He's continued his good, good goal scoring form that he had showed, uh, having moved up from, help me out, Adam, Dijon? Oh, was it Dijon, Dijon yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dijon. Mm. Um, and he had scored, I think, 9, 10 goals last year. He's already got three this year. Um, so his ability on set pieces is important as well. He's got good mobility for his size. Um, but given that Nice are where they are, I think Dante has to get the edge on this one, although just barely. Uh, Eric has almost done my job for me, I think, on that one. I think uh, uh, Glick is a given. We've all I would have picked Glick as well. I think he's been superb so far this season. Uh, Dante gets the award for GFFM, but the, uh, there's an argument maybe for Perran in there, maybe for someone like that. He's had a very yeah. good season again. He's always very solid. He's always a very good defender. And playing in that back three that Santetti play, are playing now, he's, he, the lack of pace he's had in the past is maybe less of a lesson of apparent taste with him playing slightly further back. But I can't disagree with Dante either. He's been terrific. He's really, like like Philip said, helped someone like Malangsar, who looks like a really, really terrific player. They looked still pretty solid without him last night with Le Marchand in there as well and Sal, but that's at least mm. partially down to how well Dante's probably... Not the same thing, though, is it? No, <laughs> it wasn't no. quite the same. Not as not as uh, assured at the back, though, no. without him. No, it didn't look... Qu- it, it wasn't... It, it, it showed how good Sar is, but I, did, uh, I agree. It didn't quite highlight that... how It does highlight how well Dante's played to say that he, it wasn't quite as good, but there are two centre backs then, so it's it's Gleek and Dante in there. So let's pick two full backs, and I'll start with you, Adam. Who are your two full backs? Well, um, I, I've gone for uh, Sadibi of Monaco, and I've gone for Kevin Malqui of, of Sanetian. Um, Sadibi was fantastic at Lille last season, playing at left back, and he's he's played at, mostly at right back this season. He's you know, been both sides to some extent as well, but he's just so mobile, gets forward really, really well. Defend isn't is decent in at the back as well, defending, and I think he's just a really dynamic um, option for for Monaco on in both attacking and and dropping back um with the fact that tom lamar and um and bernardo silva play on those those effectively wider roles there's a lot they do cut in so there's a lot of space to attack uh, sort of on the overlap which i think monica do fantastically well and sadibi did that brilliant for leo last season and he's been great for them this year and kevin malqui was was one that um really was a surprise um he was i think he's a little bit a little bit rough around the edges perhaps and his temperament perhaps needs a little bit of work but over last season he was looked a bit weak a little bit sort of 
perhaps like he, he was out of his depth in Ligue 1 when he when when he played in over last season and perhaps even earlier this season but since sort of October time he's really stepped up and he looks physically stronger he's brilliant on the ball he's he's brilliant going forward great on the cross as well and I think he's a really exciting player that's come out of almost nowhere when me and Eric do our um, our column every week and, and a few times Eric had put Mary Kevin Malcolm in the team of the week and I thought but I, I need to watch this guy a little bit more closely because I didn't necessarily agree with that. But he's Eric is absolutely right to to put him in there because he's been absolutely brilliant for the last for the last sort of two months or so. So uh, mainly because I was so surprised at how how well he's done. But he looks like the real deal now at 25. Um, it's it's probably about time having come from New York in Leeds. But um, yeah, a, a really exciting player. So Sadibi and Malqui for me. Eric, uh, I think uh, Ricardo Pereira has been incredible. I think that we've seen uh, when not haven't had him. Uh, whether it's because of a shift due to injuries or because of simply squad rotation, the step back they take is is massive. Is massive. Uh, his movement, his pace, his energy, his directness. Uh, if there's any way that they can get him permanently, that uh, they really need to. Um, I, I went for an orthodox right back, left back, and I uh, I, I, I agree with Adam's comments on on, on Malqui. He's probably been the second best right back in the league for me. Uh, I do want to give an, a nod to Fouad Shafiq, though, from Dijon. He's probably a player that most people mm. have not seen play uh, due to the fact that he's with a promoted team who aren't on television at all or a lot. Um, uh, but he's a very neat player. He's not that exciting going forward, but he's really assured in defense, uh, good movement. He's able to cut inside. He's got good physicality. Um, so for left back, though, uh, I would go with uh, Marcel, who's on loan from Benfica at Gangamp. He's been... Fantastic five assists, uh, great tackling rates. He's uh, been really instrumental uh, in Gangamp's uh, upturn in form, along with those, along with some of the other new players that have arrived as well. But I think he's really been the key for that five assists from left back position uh, in a league that's not exactly uh, goal heavy. I think speaks for itself as well. Uh, and I do also want to give a mention uh, to Jeremy Morel. I think that. Uh, that might seem a little bit uh, fantastic and smack of home version for some people. Oh, haha, you're a Leon fan. But uh, I will say uh, I, that I think that uh, what we've seen from Mukhtar Diakabi in terms of his development uh, has been really aided by Morel. I think that he's not uh, as pacing, as dynamic as he is going forward, as he has been going forward back to, back to his time in Marseille, but his uh, composure and defensive abilities uh, are, are really impressive. He's only received two bookings uh, this season. Uh, he's uh, just really played a very neat and composed role, better in role in this young Leon team. So uh, morale would be one dimension as well, but Marcel and Pereira for me uh, as the two fullbacks. Philip? I'm going to make things very difficult. Uh, well, not for the right back slot. I made the, I, I uh, opted for CDB. Um, he's had a, a great season, especially going forward. I think the defending has not been so bad, but yes, I, I did take the, the uh, superstar right back of Ligue 1. And uh, I was extremely impressed with Delbert Enrique, who uh, has played as just like Malcri actually has played on uh, the uh, as a as a winger of a three-five-two or three-four-three sometimes. Um, but uh, I found his uh, his defensive work, especially on Aurier um, against uh, against PSG a couple of weeks back, extremely impressive and uh, a great a great just a great find for Nice. Really, really good. Mm. And he's really added solidity. You've, you've all tried your best to make this one as hard as possible for me with yeah. so many options. I think the City Bay is obviously the consensus pick that's been chosen twice, and he's been superb. Excellent at both right back and left back. So versatile, so good at going forward, both crossing and scoring when it needs to. And then I think 
Malquis a close one. Marcel's mm. a close one. But I think the best for, the, for me, the the first one I would pick is Ricardo Pereira. So he's going in. I think he's uh, and probably the best fullback in Liga at the moment. He's really really good going forward. Um, he's pretty good at going back, but given that freedom that he's given in the three five two now, similar to what Malquis being given. Um, but I think I think Pereira is a really. It, I I can't imagine Nice will keep him uh, at the end of the loan deal. There there will be someone who snatches snatches him up from somewhere because he's been absolutely sensational. So Pereira, although we're choosing essentially two right backs, uh, Pereira will go into the team for us. So moving on to the midfield, I'll start with I'll start with you, Eric. Who are your two central or defensive midfielders? Uh, Tumi Bakayoko. I think the way that he's come on after dealing with some injury issues, both at Ryan and in his time at Monaco, has been really impressive. He's got uh, physicality, presence. Um, I, I'd like to see a, little, a few more goals from his game, but I think that he has the tools to be this sort of big, dynamic physical presence, the likes of which we've seen from Yaya Torre in the recent past. Um, really impressive, play, impressive player. He continues to develop. Again, he's 22. He's not you know, incredibly young, but if we factor in the time he's lost to injury, he's, this is really his first opportunity to make it make an impression on uh, at a high level of professional football and he's really seized it with both hands and the other other one for me I think is Valian Cyprian I think that uh, his versatility uh, and dynamism has been uh, not unsung people have talked about him have been, been really important for Nice's season uh, that he's able to play uh, wide wide on the wing he's able to play as part of a three as part of a as any position in midfield I think that uh, his defensive abilities uh, hadn't exactly been lauded. I think he was an interesting prospect at Lens, but uh, what he's added to his game in terms of uh, being more of a box-to-box player than rather an attacking player is impressive as well. Uh, he's just become a really complete uh, and impressive uh, central midfielder. Philip, who do you have? I have Fabinho, but are we? But I, um, I, I'm really. Um... Counting in the fact that he can score as many penalties as he likes because Bakayoko has had a great half season. He's been absolutely superb. And uh, I've uh, had uh, a long, long hard thing between Cyprien and Rabiot, but I'm going for Cyprien uh, given, the, um, given his, uh, his age and the fact that he's not playing with superstars. He's, uh, well, doesn't have much, as much pressure as Rabiot. But um, yeah, Cyprien does get the, the, nod, the, the nod for me. But uh, strong, strong, strong mentions for Timu, Bakayoko, and Rabiot. Adam, who do you have? Uh, I have to go full house on Wellen Cyprian, who is, 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 though he's 21, he's been a very, very good player for a long time. He was great for Lons when they, before they got relegated and was brilliant in the league, doing surprised that no one picked him up the previous summer. So Cyprian for me. And uh, I've got John Michel Seri, who I, who I think is possibly so underrated that he may be Nice's most important player. He's fantastic at that base of the midfield. He's great on the ball, breaks that play fantastically well. So smooth, so stylish. He's an absolutely brilliant player. And at only 25, he's got a big, big career ahead of him as well. So I, I think Cyprian and, and Seri for me. I think I've been a little bit horrible in this one. Is This is probably the deepest out of all of the positions for picking players at the moment mm. because we've all we've all chosen Cyprian and he's been super. His versatility really gives him probably the edge over a few of them. Adam, you've mentioned Seri. He's an absolutely sensational player. He's great from that sort of deep line playmaking role. He really makes Nice tick. Bakioko, you've mentioned Eric. He's fabulous. He's really going to grow into a special player if he can add goals to his game. Uh, but the one that Philip mentioned, which is Fabinho, gets the pick from me. Um, he would have been my first choice straight away. I think I've not been this surprised by a player's development in the last 
five years maybe from how I thought he was probably the best right back in Liga and now I think he's probably the best centre midfielder in Liga which is staggering to think of Hmm. when I thought he wasn't a great defender maybe two years ago but now he's got wonderful defensive instincts that you see constantly he's always looking behind him he's always looking around every time you watch Fabinho plays his head is almost on a spin cycle where he's looking where everything is he's great on the ball he's got a good passing range he's got good crosses from wide positions and he can score penalties whenever he likes like Philip said he, he seemingly can't stop scoring penalties so Although I would, in all honesty, if we could, I, and I've not made this as hard as it is on myself, I probably would put all three of them in. But Fabinho just is the pick over the other two. And, and that's not to take anything away from those two. You see, just because you said that, I feel really, really bad for Bakayoko now. <laughs> because it's, it, it's so unfair on the little guy because he's, had the, he, he's, he's worked so hard and uh, his, 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 his job, which is very Makaleli-like, uh, just goes unnoticed and... Uh, you know he 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 did play basically every game, um, and yeah, I just feel bad for him. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure there's, there's there's always a next time. Yeah, exactly. And I feel I feel sorry for Seri, who I like like you were mentioned. I know I think he's terrific every time I yeah. watch Nice, but uh, it, it's such a difficult that I made it difficult on myself. But let's pick, <laughs> let's pick two wingers and attackers, and I'll start with you, Philip. Um, uh, who's your wing? Two wingers or attacking midfielders? I went for Bernardo Silva, uh, Monaco, uh, playing um, on on uh, yeah, playing on the right wing of that uh, of that four four two, going very, very extremely centrally, being very good to pick out a pass, uh, being having a great understanding with CDB. Um, I don't think there's really a um, composition for that for that position, but you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get uh, proven wrong. And I went for Lucas on the left wing. Um, Despite you know being at PSG for for um, a long time, he still shows his uh, his motivation and uh, he does provide a lot of goals for for the squad. And he's been uh, yeah he's been one of the better performers for PSG this season. Adam, who do you have? Um, I've gone. I've, I have to agree with Lucas. I, I think, in fact, on on the Football Radar podcast recently, I picked Lucas as my Player of the Year because. He's so underappreciated. I felt like last season when he came in, either through rotation or injury or later in games, he always affected the game. Um, even in a, a team with, you know, PSG's comparatively still man for man, uh, probably the best side in the league. And he always affected the game. And since he's been given more freedom this year to 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 start games and and to be, to have more influence, he's been absolutely fantastic. And every time I watch him, I think he's I think he's still managed to be underrated. And by Emery, most of all, as he keeps dropping him for Retweedy on that left hand side, which I think he's completely baffling but Lucas for me and I've gone Tom Lamar over Bernardo Silva I had I had a, it was almost toss, a toss of a coin between the two because I think they're both absolutely brilliant but for me Lamar wins it with his his crossing and his dead ball ability which is which is impeccable um both brilliant attacking attacking sort of, sort of like aimed sort of slash wingers aren't they but both they offer fantastic balance to that Monaco side but if I was going to pick one to play in my team I think I'd go with Tom Lamar because I think he's probably got more depth to his game as fantastic as Bernardo Silva is so it's always a little bit of a Lauren Robert about him, and I mean that in like the best way possible. But he's the fact that he's sort of capable of he's he's capable of the absolutely extraordinary from free kicks and dead balls. So Lamar and Lucas for me. Yeah, let's not tell Lamar about that. Um, <laughs> that uh, Eric, finally, who are your choices? Uh, I I think Lamar is a given. I think that the progression he's continued to make. I mean, the move that he had made from Khan uh, two seasons ago 
was sort of an afterthought given the other, some of the, the fees that Monaco had played for the other players, but uh, the move that he had made up as uh, last season, he continued to develop, being capped for the France squad is massively impressive. And I was between Silva and Mora. Uh, I'm going to go with Mora, I think, since Adam and, and, uh, and Philip had both gone with him. I think that he is one of the very few players who's continued, he and Rabio probably are the, the two players who have continued to improve and continue to develop. Uh, under Emery, uh, whereas the rest of the players, I don't think have, not not all of them, but a lot of the other, other players haven't shown uh, an appropriate level of professionalism um, under the new manager. So Mora and Lamar for me. So it, the consensus is there of of Lucas and Lamar, and I will sneakily tell you, Eric, that if you'd have if you'd have picked Silver over Lucas, he would have been in the team for me to break that tiebreaker. I think he's been. Terrific. I think Lucas has been very good and, and has shown um, flashes of real brilliance that we, we've really missed from him in the last couple of years. But uh, this is why we, we like this team of the year being a little bit tougher than usual. We'll, we'll, finally, it's it's the for at least the playing staff, it's the strikers, Adam. Who of the two strikers you've chosen? Well, um, first of all, I've gone for Alisson Player, who I think again, is in a, in, a, in a brilliant Nice team, is another underrated player. He's got 10 goals in the league this season, which which in, in Ligue 1 is a fantastic return for half of a year. And I think that he just looks so confident and he's clinical with his finishing, pacey, can score different types of goals. And I think um, if, if they can keep him on form and manage to squeeze Balotelli and around him for the rest of the year, then they're really on for, for challenging for that title um, if they can both score goals. And my second choice of striker is very much against my best better judgment, but I think I have to go for Edison Cavani as much as I really don't want to. Um, in the last, say, six weeks, I think he's really looked like the player that perhaps people were saying he was sort of at the start of the season when after those few games against Mets and Arsenal when he was really terrible that um you know he's had that fantastic goal scoring record I don't know that he's as clinical or as prolific as even as he should be all right he scored more goals at this point in the season than Ibra did last year which is a record-breaking season which can't be sniffed at within what is effectively a not as effective PSG team but I just think that He's in there by default almost because I feel like he doesn't necessarily offer as much as perhaps other players do in that area and he does miss a lot of chances. Um, I think his movement is fantastic. He's great in the air, but like one-on-one, uh, -on -one, I don't back him to score. But he has got 17 goals in the league in half a season, so I think he has to be in there, unfortunately. Eric, who do you have? Uh, I have play as well. I think, again, his playing wide uh, on the wing against PSG the other day, uh, Watching him shuttle up and forth, and this was against uh, Dijon they had played at the weekend. Uh, is, Balotelli scored two goals, but for me, Playa was the man of the match. His movement uh, and, and, and pace, as well as his ability to chip in the odd goal, was really impressive. He did strike the bar in that match, so could have been another one. Uh, so, Playa, and I'm going to go with Jimmy Briand. I think that uh, he, even though. Uh, he hasn't scored the goal, some of the other players might be contender for this half. Uh, I think that his assists, his movement, uh, his leadership on the pitch. I mean, this is a player who I don't think was viewed in the most positive light during his, his time at Leon. He kind of, you know, became a non-entity. It was a disappointment considering the fee the club had paid for him. But I think that the, he was humbled by his experience in Germany at Hanover, and he's uh, really returned to France with a chip on his shoulder. And I think that Gangamp's improved, improvement over last season and this season uh, has a lot to do with Brian's uh, attitude and, and his leadership. So a little bit of intangibles there, but I think that he's been a really key, key focal point for Gangup thus far this season. Philip? 
I went for Alassane Plea. I think he's had a better season than Balotelli. He's been uh, he's been great going forward for for Nice. He's chipped in with the uh, with the goals, and I just like Adam, I just have to go with Cavani because he scored 17 goals in um, in less games played. So uh, you can't really argue with that, even though he should be scoring more. But we don't know how much more he should be scoring so that we could be happy. But you just, you know, you just can't put him out of that. It's impossible. Uh, you've both picked, well, this one picked itself really, unless I'm playing and Edison Cavani will be in there. But no mentions of the 13-goal Alexandre Lacazette? No mentions of the 11-goal Radamel Falcao? No. <laughs> I think I'd just throw okay. them in there. Well, so, I mean, Lacazette, I, I, I think, is... He played well yesterday, from what I could tell. I was able to watch the highlights. But I think that he's still yet to be back to his best. I think that what we're seeing from him also in this 4-3-3 that Genesio has been favoring over the last few few weeks, and that's seen an uptick in Leon's performance and, and form. Uh, I think he's still adapting to that role. Um, but his movement is going to show more than his goal scoring. For Falcao, if he hadn't had the concussion and the other injury earlier in the season and he was on 15 or 20 goals right now, I think absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it's the same thing as Rabio. If Rabio hadn't been injured when he, when he was, he would absolutely be my team mm-hmm. this season. But yeah, me too. The, it's, it's hard to factor in an injury versus someone who's been doing it for 17 or 18 matches. Regarding Lacazette, like, it's, it, it still feels like there's something missing, that it's not uh, 100%. You always feel like he's 19 to 95 percent, and even that's you know, um, it, it's just um, yeah. Since since his his uh, his injury, he doesn't seem to have come back into his uh, his best form. Plus, his, those penalty misses are you know, not what they uh, he shouldn't be doing. Um, um, he shouldn't be missing those those penalties. And I do reckon that uh, that Falcao has had um, a good um, a good uh, first half of the season. But he's been you know he he has been populated by. Fantastic players, Silva, Lamar, Germain, Fabinho, Bakayoko. I mean, it's been uh, not not. I'm not going to say it's been easy going for him to score goals, but uh, it does help. Yeah, it does help. Uh, honestly, I honestly reckon that uh, it's uh, it's almost easier to be to be uh, in a team um, like Falcao's and a team like Cavani's in this first half of the season. It's been it's been really uh, attack, 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 and uh, if you if you know where the goal is, it's not a problem. I just thought I'd mention the few and players missed a few guilt edge chances in the last three games but you know that to each their own finally we'll talk about the manager um, to manage this team at least and I'll start with you Eric uh, who's your manager so far this season Antoine Camboire uh, without a doubt I think that Gangamp have been if Nice weren't where they are Gangamp would be the surprise package of the season let's face it Nice have done very well I'm not taking anything away from Lucien Favre uh, but they have done so with considerable investment. Being able to afford the salaries of a player like like Dante, uh, like Eunice Balanda, like um, like Mario Balotelli, there's obviously considered a considered financial investment in Nice. It's aiding them in doing this. They're be able to bring in players of caliber that not other clubs can do. Gangump, the players that they brought in, uh, the likes of Etienne Dido, uh, you know, I think I think really stands out to me. A player who I thought was all but done. I mean, I was surprised he was able to leave, even fight another club in Ligue 1 after leaving Toulouse. But when he's played, he's been brilliant. Um, Breon's been impressive. Marcel's been an incredible find. Uh, and his his ability to work in the likes of Ludovic Blas and, and Marcus Coco, those two youngsters, has been really impressive as well. And he's gotten, you know, he's had a, brought in a fantastic goalkeeper. Well, I think one that, you know, we probably should have mentioned in our earlier discussion of goalkeepers in, in, in Janssen, the Swede. Um, 
it just has really created a complete and deep team too. Um, Jordan Coco didn't feature a few weeks ago. He brought in Jonathan Mart Martins Pereira. They didn't miss a beat, and they played really well. And they've had, they've had already claimed some massive scalps scalps in the form of of Leon and and Paris Saint Germain. They've got they're still alive in both cup competitions. It's gonna be a really special season for Gangomp and Kambuara, who for me was dismissed un unfairly uh, from PSG. I think is really getting a chance to show what an incredible manager he is. He's always been a favorite of mine, um, and I, I think that uh, he's got to be the the right choice. You know, again, Favre uh, and Jardim would be probably my second and third choices, but both of them are, are operating on a different plane. Philip. I'd have Dupra as my uh, second choice, but uh, he's um, yeah, he's uh, had a great start and a bit waned off in the uh, in the last couple of months. So that's uh, that's a bit of a shame. He definitely would have won it for me had Toulouse kept up their um, their form. But uh, yeah, I'd give it to I'd give it to Favre as he uh, as he went into went into Nice. So quite a bit of, quite a bit of expectations. Balotelli's introduction was a success. Dante has been uh, named by us by in in the. Uh, GFFN team of the half season, so he has to, you know, has to be has to be good, um, and uh, I think he's uh, he's made some some tough choices. Putting uh, telling Cotillo that uh, he's not going to be starting anymore, uh, he's going to be uh, playing uh, Rémi Valter to uh, replace um, uh, William William Cyprien and replace him like for like for Nampalis Mendy and working it even better. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, great. Props to to Comboire as well to finding those, those players. As uh, I reckon, Lucado has been a has had a great start to the season as well. But so I still give it to 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 Favre. He's a big he's a he's a big um, name in a big town. I'm not going to say big club because this is not. Uh, you know that big in terms of big French um, French football towns. Uh, he's delivered in a way, in the, in one word. Adam, exactly. You echo what Philip said. I think Dupre, if he'd won, if he'd continued that form, I should say I, I'm a huge fan of his, and I, I just because he's so he's so exciting and so he's he's just a, so much colour to Ligan. But they have turned off. I think that may be a little bit to do with injuries, especially Alexis Blanc, who got injured. Um, and their form hasn't been the same since, and I, I consider him for our team of the year, but our team of half of the term, I should say. But I think I have to go Lucien Favre as well. Uh, I did consider Kambare, um, who has been brilliant at Gongo, Kango, as, uh, as, as Eric outlined, but the fact that everything has gone right for Nice since Favre took over, and they're a team that overperformed last year. Okay, Ben Arthur was a huge part of their, their, their success last year in finishing fourth. But the fact that so many things that could have gone wrong for Nice, like they could have struggled with the Europa League, um, the introduction of Dante and Balotelli could have really gone wrong. He's really brought through players that perhaps onto a next level, people like Seri, Cyprian, who've been brilliant. And the, the, the fact that they're ahead of Monaco, and you think about how good and brilliant Monaco have been, both in the Champions League and in Ligue 1, and how, what exciting football they're playing, the goals they're scoring. Nice ahead of them. Like, it, it almost goes unnoticed that, that's, that's, that Monaco aren't top of the league, that Nice are, because Monaco are the team that perhaps more people are talking about in a continental sense. So it's, it's unbelievable how, how well he's done at Nice. Having lost one game so far this, this half season is, is, is fantastic. And you think about what he did at Gladbach when he took them from the brink of relegation to the Champions League. And yeah, he's a, he's a hugely talented manager. And, and for me, he's, he's the, the, the determining factor in, in Nice being top of the league. So I think it has to be Favre, but huge, huge props to Kambari and, and De Praz as well. Yeah, and, and I just want to make a brief mention for uh, Leonardo Jardim, who's done a terrific job at Monaco. He's really evolved that team from being a specially defensive coach into a real 
efficient offensive machine, both in the Champions League and in, in Liga, and, and credit to him. But it is Favre who, who takes the award, and, and commiserations to Kumbari, who's, who has done a, a superb job so far this season. But our half-team of the season, just to confirm them, are Stefan Ruffier of Saint-Étienne in goal, Camille Gleek and Dante as the centre-backs, Dribble Sidibe and Ricardo Pereira as the full-backs, Willan Ciprian and Fabinho in the central midfield, Lucas and Thomas Lemar as the wingers slash attacking midfielders, Alisson Player and Edinson Cavani up front with Lucien Favre in the dugout. So we finish this, our half-term awards with uh, a little different this year. We have four different categories, um, but we'll include our current winner and predictions of winners of the award once the season is over. So uh, just to mention previously, back to our polls on our Twitter feed, just to... I think it was hijacked maybe by a couple of sneaky Marseille fans from the looks of our goalkeeper of the year with uh, Johan Pelé winning the vote by uh, a comfortable 65%, which uh, <laughs> smells to me like the Stad Velodrome got involved with that one. There's Stefan Ruffier in second place, so that makes sense. And for manager of the year, it was agreed with our fan base who also went with Lucien Favre. Leonardo Jardim finishing second and other going above Antoine Crombaro with 5%. I don't think... Enough people are watching Gangon, but they might do come the turn of the year now. But we'll we'll go into our awards and we'll start with the disappointment so far this year and a prediction on who might win the award come the end of the year. Uh, Philip, I'll start with you. What has been your disappointment of the year so far? It can be a player, a manager, a team, or even an event if you feel fit. Um, Bordeaux. I think uh, but it's almost I mean uh, it's almost they are disappointing every season so it's not as it's not that disappointing to say that they are disappointing but with Jocelyn Gourvenet you sense something was coming over that Menez Jeremy Menez the player was going to uh, to to add something something good it's been a bit better but uh, you just expect so much more from from the sides they just the the defeat against uh, at home to Lille just just seems of a side that is uh, is trying very hard to uh, become the, the next big thing, but when Lille come to town and just wake up, they just beat them at home, and Bordeaux seem to just um, continue to be mediocre, and it has been for years, and you just can't see it uh, changing. I mean, you must be very very awful supporting them, and then you've got you know two. Two four 0 defeats. This is this goalless draw. This is a terrible end of the year, really, absolutely terrible. Um, Adam, who's your disappointment? I'm um, I'm going to go with uh, Gregor Kukoviak. Um, I I was really excited when PSG signed him because I felt like he was the type of player that they they could they really would you know could really make a really good use of. Considering that we've discussed a lot on the previous show um, about Motta's perhaps like sort of waning powers, although I don't know that's 100 percent true. He's been He's been actually being pretty good in the last couple of months. But every time Kroviak plays, he, he looks oddly out of his depth. I think he was he's, he was brilliant for Poland at the Euros, and he was great for Sevilla in winning that hat-trick of Europa Leagues under under Emery. But he just looks perhaps like he... Well, not perhaps. I have a feeling it's, it's almost definitely the case. But he's really struggling to settle in, in Paris and um, perhaps isn't on the fringes of the squad in terms of, sort of a social aspect. And perhaps maybe he's seen as one of those players that's come in as one of Emery's boys and isn't perhaps isn't... You know, being accepted too much, but whatever the the, the reason is, it's, it seems to have really affected his game. He just lacks confidence, and it hasn't looked like that assured passing, calming influence that he did for Sevilla and and for Poland. So I've been hugely disappointed in him. And and we we talked about Hesse leaving. I don't know that it's going to happen in in this window, but perhaps in the summer, if 
if uh, Emery's still around, uh, or even if he's not, I mean, it makes it more likely. But he could even move on then too, having spent so much money on him. It seems such a such a waste. But he's been poor for me, unfortunately, so far this season. So Gregor's Kakoviak for me. Eric, uh, I'm healthy, Maria. I, I think that his lack of professionalism, especially considering what we've seen from him uh, in the matches yesterday, is just really unbecoming. This is a player who has all has all the ability in the world, but uh, has now disappeared or is on the verge of disappearing at PSG uh, for two consecutive clubs. And it's just really disappointing. I mean, mm-hmm. he, for me, could be one of the best 10 players in the world if he got his act together. Uh, he should be providing a perfect compliment to Lucas, uh, both of them switching wings and, and creating a really uh, inventive, dynamic, and direct 4-3-3. Uh, but instead, he's been uh, indifferent, uh, hasn't worked tracking back, and I think PSG uh, are suffering the most from it given his reputation. Yeah, I think I'll give a brief mention on an extension to uh, Phillips of one of my disappointments has been Jeremy Menes, who's been mm. uh, not great, shall we put it that way, and a, a silly red card at the weekend as well. It's classic. It seems like classic Menes almost for for some reason. He's not really hit the ground running at all. He's not seemed quite fit, and uh, I don't anticipate that getting any better as the season gets along. But I think our award winner will be Eric's pick, and that's that's Angel Di Maria. Um, Full disclosure, I'm a Manchester United fan. There's no bitterness here. <laughs> but but um, it's also important to uh, to confirm this uh, so that people actually know that he's been really rubbish for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they because if if we well, give it if we give it to, uh, to to somebody else, you say who who the hell is that? But um, if people read it, if people start reading this and uh, it gets picked upon. People actually notice that uh, his career at PSG is, t- is taking the exact same di- direction uh, it has uh, for Manchester United. Which it is, just took a little bit is, longer. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. <laughs> but it's very, yeah, extremely disappointing. Very quickly, is there any predictions for a dis- who will finish disappointment of the year at the end of the season? Cavani. Cavani, uh, anything from Adam? Any predictions? Uh, Sanetien for me. I think they're going to finish seventh or eighth and not get into Europa League. Uh, mm. Philip Balotelli. Balotelli. Ooh. Mm. I'll keep that. I'll keep those noted in the in the mind bank, and we'll we'll make sure to to pull them up <laughs> when the do fit needs. But now, time for surprise of the year so far, and I'll start with you, uh, Adam. Who's your surprise of this season so far? Um, mine, mine's one it has been discussed a lot already, but I'm going to go with Anton Kambari. I, I, I felt that I was surprised that he got the, the gang on job. I know he's a, a, a sort of a trusted pair of hands in France, and uh, but I've never I know I know that he's been one of Eric's hopes for a long time, and, and he's absolutely right because he's been fantastic this season. But I was I'm so very much surprised that Gangon have done as well as they had. Um, perhaps I'm a little bit coloured from I used to cover Lens when they were in Ligue, and and obviously they had a very t- they had a bad season when they got relegated, and that one was no by no means Kambari's fault. Necessarily, but he still didn't stand out to me as a manager that would be able to take a team like Kangam into the top five. So I've been hugely impressed with what he's done, and 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 having for me anyway, surprisingly got that job, and and he's been absolutely fantastic as we've discussed. So yeah, Kambare is a surprise for me. Eric, uh, Florent, I think that who would have. Eric, you're breaking up a little bit, so I'll go to Philip with that one. So, Philip, what's your surprise? I agree with Adam. It's Gagan. It uh, it has to be them. It's been uh, it's been great. They've had the new goalkeepers. They found Marcel. They found uh, 
Uh, they both played Etienne Dido, Lucado. Brian has been uh, has been very good. Salibur as well. Everything's been uh, everything's been quite uh, quite fine. Not as good as they um, they are made out to be, though. I mean, there are, there were some some performances where they weren't that good. Uh, so it's not like they played well for 19 games, but uh, mm. yeah, very very surprised by how good they were. I'll try you again, Eric. What's your surprise? Oh, Florian Tovan. Oh, you, you can expand upon that if you like. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I, I think that this is a player who. Uh, Playing in this four-three-three, given a little bit more positional freedom, uh, has been the been the player that Marseille hoped for when they signed him uh, initially from from Lille uh, three seasons ago. I think he's contributed goals, he's contributed assists. Uh, he's really, you know, benefited from the creative freedom he's had. I think that under Bielsa and under Frank Passi after him, uh, he labored a little bit, and, and Michel as well. He labored a little bit uh, playing as a more orthodox winger, being forced to track back and cover runs. But I think that now that he's not having to do that quite as much, given that he's in this 4-3-3, he's really blossomed and he's formed a great understanding with Maxime Lopez as well. It's been great to see that see that youngster uh, come along as well. And yeah, I, I think I don't think we could have expected this. For me, if he continues the kind of form he's shown over the past, say, two months, you know, it, it's not it's not out of the question for him to be a potential call up for France. Uh, Come, come the matches uh, the next international break. I think the players that we've seen uh, playing on the right uh, for France in the recent past, that's Kingsley Coman, uh, Usman Dembele, uh, and Moussa Sissoko, haven't exact, none of them have exactly been into races this season. But if, you know, if Tovan's on, say, 12 goals, has a half dozen assists at that point in time, is he the worst shout for, for a call-up from, from Deschamps? I, I, I kind of have to start to wonder at this point. Mm-hmm. You make an excellent point, Eric, and I, I, and I agree. Tovan's been super so far this season, but I, I, it, the award does go to Antoine Kambare and, and Gangom, who have been terrific and probably just unluckily missed out on that manager's award, but they definitely deserve this one. They've created a really nice, solid midfield that you've mentioned, Philip, in, in Luca Do and and, and um, oh, it's uh, Mustafa. Yeah, I mean, all yeah, they've they've really and adding Brion to that where you mentioned earlier, Eric and, and Marcel at that left back and a great goalkeeper. Yeah, they've they've absolutely deserved being surprised this season. Do we see their, them staying as the the winner at the end of the season, or is there are there any other little hints of a maybe surprise coming in the second half of the season? Um, I've I've got Nancy as as a potential surprise because um I, I felt like at the start of the season I, I almost wrote them off almost immediately, which is probably a little bit rash of me, but still, I think um, Carrera's rotation policy is incredibly working really, really well, and they look like a really effective squad, not necessarily a team of individuals or a team of standout players, except perhaps Longley at the back, who I considered for our centre-backs uh, earlier on, but I think, yeah, Nancy could finish, not necessarily, maybe not the top half, but I think they could finish 12th or higher, which considering they didn't strengthen when they came up and, you know, they, they looked weak in the first couple of months of the season, would be a huge achievement for them, so Nancy are possibly come the end of the season interesting one any other shouts I reckon Marseille uh, probably not so well um, Marseille will surprise a lot of us by finishing higher than uh, we all thought they would Mm. like uh, uh, fifth or sixth maybe possibly fourth Um, but uh, not um, whereas before the McCord takeover and before the season started it could never have been higher than ninth Mm. Eric, any, any from your end? 
No, I don't think so. I think I agree with Marseille's performance as a team. I mean, they haven't strengthened yet. That's the scary thing about this team. If one of those current top three were to slip up, I honestly think that Marseille, given their lack of European involvement, are probably best positioned to yeah. better position than Lyon or, or Marseille to move up and move up. Mm, interesting one. That's one to maybe our Marseille fans that are patrolling our Twitter feed to uh, to keep an eye on. Let's go for young player of the half term or, or breakout star, as some may say. Um, Eric, who have you got for that award? Uh, I think. Well, let's see. Malang Sar is obviously enough, but. Steve Mooney, is he a young player? He's 22. I'll give you Mooney. Okay. I think that um, this is a player who we hadn't expected a whole lot from. He was second choice behind uh, Ninga. Uh, but I think that his physicality, his pace, his power, uh, he's a fantastic striker. Uh, and he scored six goals in really what's only been you know, two-thirds of a season. This is a player who finishes with 12 or 15 goals. That's a lot in Liga. Uh, especially given this is really his first professional season. I think that Sarri is my pick, but I do think that Mooney is deserving of recognition, especially because um, he's an orthodox, like, big, powerful striker. He's not a a tricky player at all. He's he's doing this the hard way, and he fits in really well with uh, the way Montpellier seeks to play on the counter. So uh, Sarri, but Mooney could change. Adam? Um, I think I'm going to go Issa Diop. Um, I know he's been injured for, what, seven of the last eight games, but um, and I think the fact that, along with Alexi Blum, when he's been suffering that heel injury, once those two players dropped out of Louis's team, their team, their form really fell off. And uh, given that he's only 19, Issa Diop, he's been absolutely monolithic at times at centre-back for, for Toulouse. And him and Julian have formed a really, really good partnership, And as we discussed earlier with the with the centre-backs. And I think he's a real, real talent and has just burst onto the scene under under Damiro Bradje and then and then under Depraz and has gone from strength to strength. And he very he has, perhaps maybe in that game against Lyon, he looked a little bit unsure, but that, that's the only time I can remember really him not performing at an excellent standard. So uh, Issa Diop, for me, would be young player so far, perhaps because of his uh, the effect on the side of when, it's, when, he, when he was taken out. Um, but a brilliant defender and could go from, could, you know, could play for the, the top sides in the, on the continent quite, quite easily. Philip? I'm going for Maxime Lopez. A bit predictable, I know, but um, he's been given his chance by uh, Rudy Garcia. And uh, it actually feels like a, a new signing for, for Marseille, where he comes from, uh, he comes from deep plays uh, some excellent balls. His relationship with Tuva is uh, exceptional. He uh, he lays off balls to Gomis. Um, great, great pass for Gomis. His uh, uh, goal, um, I'm forgetting who it was against. Uh, it was Lille. Mm. So yeah, Maxime Lopez. Yes. Yeah, and our, and our cheeky low-end fans have also <laughs> taken over that Twitter one, picking Maxime Lopez, but we will agree with them. Yeah, but that, was, that one's deserved though. Yes, absolutely, because he's yeah. been Absolutely. I'm half tempted to go against the grain and be the evil one and pick Malang Saab because he's been absolutely terrific, especially Mm. at his age, especially from absolutely nowhere. Um, Terrific young defender, could be a very, very special player in the future. But Maxime Lopez has really added an extra injection to Marseille that they desperately, desperately needed. And to get him from the academy and not have to worry about waiting until January and getting an injection just like that, he's a very, very special player. Is there any predictions of anyone who might win it come the end of the season name CT mm. he, he well, hasn't maybe a couple of weeks, yeah. what is he young he's 24 25 I don't think oh, he's that young no he's not no he's old <laughs> <laughs> quotation marks old <laughs> I'm 32 I 
Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 30. I'm 30. Old, I wish I was, not, I was that old. <laughs> he's not a prospect at this point in time, I think. Um, but, not really. I mean, yeah, the one I think it's the ones we've mentioned, haven't we? Really, it's between yeah. sort of Lopez and Saar, really, for the end of the season. But last one, and that's our half term MVP. Who's the most important player of the half term, Eric? Uh, William Cyprian. I, I think, again, the versatility that he's shown, uh, the way he's added defensive qualities to his play, his free, his free kick delivery is just outstanding. Think about it. If this team didn't have Balotelli on free kick duty, uh, we probably would have seen quite a bit more from Cyprian this season. His, his star would only uh, shine, shine that much brighter. I think he's far and away the player of the season uh, for the team that's been the most impressive in France thus far. I mean, Nisaran pays for 88 points, I believe. That's a staggering total, uh, mm. given, given, where they, given the expectations on them uh, coming to the beginning of the season. Philip? But what does MVP stand for? Most Valuable Player. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Cyprien. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for the same reasons. Yes. And Adam? Um, I, I feel like Cyprian's becoming a very popular choice, but I'm going to say Lucas. I, I'm, I think he's so underappreciated, and, and Emery needs to not necessarily build a team around him, but he needs to give him more responsibility and really put his faith in him because I think he's the key as it stands for, for PSG in the second half of the season. So Lucas for me. I'm going to throw a spanner, at least not, not into the full award. Cyprian clearly wins it, but I, mm. I, I throw my hat behind Fabinho, who's been terrific. I think he's a... <sighs> Watching him play and seeing his understanding of the game at the moment, he's a very, very special player, and he could be. And I, I, in all honesty, if he carries on like this, and, and maybe Cyprian falls off a little bit, I can't imagine anyone catching Fabinho if he keeps the consistency he's shown in the first half of the season. Yes, he maybe had an off night against Leon, but that's probably the only off night I can think of in the last month, almost year, calendar year, even the time he was playing at right back, but. Cyprian's the award winner and deserving Lewis. Is there anyone else that maybe might dethrone him come the end of the season? Favre. Lucien Favre. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the league? Is it Favre? <laughs> yeah. I, if they do, I mean, you know, it'd be, be a huge achievement and it's, it's looking not likely but possible. So Lucien Favre may be at the end of the season. Mm. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can all hope, oh, PSG can fans can hope at least anyway. Uh, that's all that we have time for this week and in fact this year my thanks to Eric, Philip and Adam for this evening as well as everyone who's contributed to the podcast over the last year uh, thank you to everyone who's tuned in even if you've moaned me for a moment your support has been very much appreciated we'll be back in the new year tentatively penciling in 16th of January but keep your eyes on our Twitter feed should they come, we come back earlier but until then from everyone at Get French Football News have a wonderful Christmas and New Year Aviento and goodbye.